I don't know what you've been fighting in this place today, but I'm here to declare to you it's not going to come down by your might. It's not going to fall by your power, but it's going to come down by the Spirit of the living God moving on your behalf, living, breathing, interceding in the miracle realm for you this morning. God's about to do something in your life that you could not even begin to fathom that He could do. Some of y'all been praying for some stuff. Some of y'all been standing on the Word of God for some stuff. And there have been giants standing in your way. But I'm here to declare this morning that every giant that stands in your way must fall in the name of the Most High, whose name is greater. The Bible declares the name of Jesus be lifted high, that there is no name that is greater in heaven or in earth, but the name that is above every name, that at the name of who? Of Jesus. The Bible declares every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all to the glory of God the Father it's not by your might this morning somebody look at your neighbor and say it ain't going to be happened by your strength somebody look at your other neighbor and say God about to do something Come on, is it all right if I'm a little south side silly? I say it a little slang every once in a while. God about to do it. All right, somebody look at your neighbor. Don't say God's about to do it. Say God about to do it. Come on, it's all right. Say God about to do it. How many of y'all have a need this morning? How many of y'all standing on a promise this morning? Come on, I believe God's about to... How many of y'all believe... Let me, let me ask you this question. Just hang with me for a minute. You're good? Just in case I... This must be anointed. Was this, does this wipe your sweat? Because if it does, I want it. This is anointed right here. First of all, before I get too excited, let me say it's an honor and a privilege to be with Pastor and First Lady Bynum. Micah and Elizabeth, I've served with them on state teams. I appreciate their leadership. I, I, what a wonderful church you guys have in this place. Would you give y'all a hand and give your pastors a hand this morning? I feel the presence of God in this place already. And if I don't give you honor today, I may not get to it. So I want to give you honor in this place. I've served with Micah and Elizabeth on the youth boards and We've served, I think we served 845 years on the youth boards together. And uh, you're still young enough to serve. They finally said I was too old. And if you're going to serve on anything, we got to serve on the state council now. And so uh, we get the honor of serving this. My first year on the state council with Pastor Bynum. He's the professional. I'm just the Timothy holding his Bible and, and walking along beside of him because he's such a great. I don't know if you know how good your pastor is and how blessed you are to have your pastor and first lady. They're just amazing. Very respected in our state. And uh, we honor them today, and I honor you as a church. What a my wife and I walked in. We got in at nine o'clock last night. First of all, we we come from five miles south, maybe not even five miles south of Lake Erie. 
uh, up in Elyria, Ohio. That's where we're at, at Refuge Church. And uh, I got down here and I realized I'm five miles from West Virginia. And so I don't, <laughs> I went from one end to the other. But I heard God is, God lives in West Virginia because everybody from Ohio is from West Virginia that's in Ohio. So every, at least everybody up by my way is from West Virginia. You look at them, they all came north for the, uh, uh, the car industry. They all worked at Ford, General Motors, and all those places. And so I'm so thankful to be with you this morning. Pastor Mike, I'm just going to make you play the whole time with me today. But I believe from my wife and I that this is an ordained time for us to be with you. I believe God has something to speak with you today. And I just want to title the message today just simply this, and there's a subtitle to it. But I just want to simply declare it today that God is bigger. How many of y'all would declare this morning, God is bigger? God is bigger. God's bigger than what you're going through. God's bigger than your situation. God's bigger than what you've experienced. God's bigger than the mountaintop that you're on right now, and he's bigger than the valley that you're in. Amen? God is bigger. And so this morning, I want to read to you, and I'll just preface it. I'll get to the scripture in just a second, but if you'll just hang with me when I pray, you'll know I'm done. It might be at the altar call, but we'll see. Can I tell you that in Genesis 15, and you don't have these, we'll get to that in a minute, but God tells Abraham that his seed shall be a stranger in a land, and he's going to be afflicted for over 400 years, and then God will judge a nation that they shall come out with great substance. God begins to speak to Moses about some things, and God gave Moses a word, and God gave Moses a promise to bring the children of Israel uh, to bring to the children of Israel. And that promise comes to them after 400 years of slavery. You know, and sometimes I look at the body of Christ and I feel like even though we've been set free, many of us are still living in bondage of slavery. Whether it's to sin and death, whether it's to sickness and disease, whether it's to the circumstances of this world, we found ourselves in slavery and bondage. And then he gives a promise in Exodus 3 and 17 that he's going to bring them up out of the affliction of Egypt and he's going to uh, unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now I don't know about you, I'm southern at heart. I realized when I crossed that 70 border in Ohio that the Lord was more prevalent for some reason. I think he likes to live down south because the, ha the Hampton this morning had biscuits and gravy. My Hampton serves like toast and bacon or something like that. This one got biscuit and gravy this morning. Some good stuff. And so he was bringing them to a land flowing of milk and honey, and these are just the declarations. I'm going to give it to you in just a second. But then in Deuteronomy 6, he talks and he tells them, but wait a minute, I told you that I was going to bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I left something out. Listen, there's great cities that you did not build that are there. 
Oh, come on now. There's houses full of good things which you did not fill. And there's wells that have already been dug that you're not going to have to dig. You're not going to have to dig for anything. There are vineyards. There are olive trees. uh, There are things there that you did not plant. But there's just one small detail that I didn't tell you about. There's giants in the land. There's obstacles in the land. There are things that are going to trick your eye. Come on this morning. There's giants over there. Now come with me on the scriptures. No Numbers 13, 1 through 3. I'm just going to lay this out to you real quick, and then I'm going to get to the message. And so the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. And so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. I want to skip down to verse 17 through 25. And then it says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, Go up this way into the south, and go up into the mountains, and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they're few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or if it's bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or whether it's poor, whether there are forests or there not be, whether be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time of was the season of the first ripe grapes. And so they went up and they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahab and near the entrance of Hamoth. And I'm going to mess all these words up, so don't worry about that. And then they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahamin, and Sheshai, and Talmai, and the descendants of Anak were there. And now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan and Egypt. And then they came into the valley of Eshkol, and there they cut down, come on, listen to me now, there they can't cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. It was so big, the Bible declared, they carried it between two of them on a pole, and they also brought with them some of the pomegranates and the figs and the place was called the valley of Eskol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there and they returned from spying out the land. Then skip down after 40 days. Skip down to verse 30 and 33 and then listen to what happened. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. But then listen in verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against those people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report for the, of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone in as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They, there we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came, uh, came from the giants, and they were there we were standing like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Bow your head, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I just spoke all of these scriptures, God, to lay a background for what it is I want you to say or what you want to say to your people this morning. 
And so, Father, I just declare this morning that your word is true. God, your word will come to pass. Lord, we can't add to it or take away from it. But, Father, I ask you, set me aside that they would hear you, see you, understand you, be lifted by you. That, God, Lord, you are the greatest in this place today. And, Lord, let you be exalted. And, Father, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for everything that is accomplished in the awesome name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and amen. To God be the glory for his word this morning. Can I tell you, Moses, the Bible declared, sent out 12 spies uh, out of the land to bring back some of the fruit uh, of the land. And they go into the land and they spy out the land uh, and they bring back. I like it. I don't like figs. I don't like pomegranates. I don't like grapes, all right? So if they sent me into that land, I'd be asking, bring back the biscuit, bring back the gravy, bring back the pinto beans, bring back the pinto beans, bring back the cornbread, bring back the fry. Anybody got, anybody got a southern spirit? in you this morning. Pinto beans, cornbread, and fried potatoes. And if you're if you're really saved, you eat onions in them, but I'm not that saved, so I don't like the onion. You can keep the onion, and, and God will put that in your mansion in heaven. But he said, look, uh, bring back some of the fruit of the land. Amen. Can I tell you, God's about to take you into a land, and you're about to bring some fruit out of it this morning that you didn't think was possible. It's going to be bigger than you think because you serve a God that is bigger than what your mind can even imagine this morning. Because I believe that God's going to send somebody with grapes and ki- and kill some of the giants uh, that you've been uh, that have been lingering around your life today. You see, the Bible doesn't say who these two men were that were carrying the grapes uh, on the pole, but maybe they were Joshua and maybe they were Caleb because they know that they had a good report and because they were the only two who would agree upon the promises of God and who believed that they could possess uh, the land of their inheritance. Can I tell you, God has got a promise for you and there are a lot of people out there that are going to tell you that it is not possible that it can't happen you came from the wrong background amen you're never going to be able to achieve what God said that you're about to achieve some of y'all been looking in a mirror and disqualifying yourself because of where you came from and what your background is where you used to live what you used to be addicted to what you used to be in the middle of but God is declaring to some of you this morning a promise that is bigger, grapes that are bigger, pomegranates that are bigger, fig trees that are bigger, and the the love of God is going to intercede in this place today and show you something that is bigger than you could ever imagine. See, all 12 spies declared, listen, they all agreed on one thing, that it truly was a land that flowed with milk and honey. All 12 of them agreed that that was a prosperous land. All 12 of them agreed that if we could move in tomorrow, it would be a great place to live. How many of y'all would like that? A land that was had all the provision that you could ever ask for. They all agreed that it was a great place, but then the Bible declares that 10, on, 10 spies went on to say, nevertheless, let me make that in the English version of our day, but... Can I tell you, as soon as I see that word, but, I know that there's trouble brewing on the other side. Because that one little word, but, has robbed men and women of their faith. That one little word, but, has stolen your health. 
That one little word, but, has robbed people of their hopes and their dreams. That one little word, but, has kept people from the miracle, and it has slammed the door shut on the promises of God. That one little word has kept so many people from walking by faith on the promise that God said, I'm going to take you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Listen, I know God can heal, but... Come on this morning. I know God can deliver me, but I know God can save, but but you don't know where I've been. I know God could open the door, but I know God can bring water out of a rock, but can he give us a table and put meat on it in the middle of a wilderness? I know God can, but How many times have we stood on the border of the promised land and we failed to take possession of it just because we couldn't believe that God was really able to do what he said that he could do. And I'm here to declare to somebody this morning that my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, or imagine according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. I'm here to declare that God is bigger than your button and not the one on your backside, uh, but the one in your mouth uh, that keeps you. Did I did I step over something? Am I all right to be me in the house of God today? Some <laughs> I get excited. If there's a camera somewhere, I'm gonna run off of it, I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry, cameraman, I'm just hyper spastic. I get excited about the word of God. I'm just here to declare to somebody this morning that God is bigger than your butt. Amen. He's bigger than the nevertheless in your life. He's bigger than what you've made it out to be. He's bigger than what the devil you said you couldn't have or couldn't be. My God is bigger this morning. Listen, every time you add a butt to the promise of God, you limit God. And you disqualify yourself from his promise. And you disqualify yourself from his provision. Because God is not the God of but. God is the God of faith. God is the God that said, if you would just believe. If you would just believe, you'll receive what it is that I have spoken to you. See, the ten spies all had the same problem. They had giants in their eyes. And giants in their hearts. Listen to me, at some point in your life as a believer, you have to make up your mind what you want in your life. Do you want the giant or do you want the grapes? At some point as a believer, you got to declare, do you want the giants or do you want the grapes? I want the promises of God. And the promise of God to the children of Israel in that day is that I'm going to take you into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And here's the fruit of it. It's got grapes that are bigger than your head. You didn't plant them. You didn't have to work for them. You didn't have to do anything. I've laid up treasures in the hands of the wicked and I've let them go to where you are and I'm about to bless you with something that you didn't have to work for. Do you want the giants or do you want the grapes? The grapes represent what? The promises of God. 
the provisions of God, the blessings of God, the giants equal and represent the enemies and the adversary to the promises and the provision. Giants are employed by the devil, amen? Giants are employed to resist you, to frustrate you, to steal the promises of God that God has given to you for your life. But can I tell you this morning, there are all kinds of giants that have been set to steal your promises. Maybe you think that a giant just stands eight feet tall and intimidates you, but can I tell you, sometime the giant in your life is just that little thing called fear that nobody can see, but all you can do is sense it. There are giants sent to steal your promises called insecurity, inferiority. My wife and I were on the way up here and she asked me what I was preaching about. I told her and she said, what did you say, baby? My brain just stopped. Inferiority. What you're afraid of, what you looked at yourself like, how you perceived yourself is a way that a giant, look, look, inferiority. When you look at yourself as not as good as these two pastors that are up here. Can I be real for a minute? This man didn't walk on water to get here. She may have. <laughs> and quite honestly, they told you to be at the church at 545 for the thing tonight. It starts at 6. So if she's driving, you might make it in 15 minutes. What she meant to say was 445. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that when I stepped down. That was the first thing I was supposed to announce when I got up here, but I got ADHD and I got Jesus on my mind. All right? And when I got Jesus on the mind, sometimes I just can't slow down long enough. Listen, the way you perceive yourself in the kingdom of God, this man and this woman are no greater than you. Uh-oh. It got quiet in the Pentecostal church this morning. You're to honor them. You're to esteem them. You're to lift them up. But in the kingdom of God... God declares that we are all the same. He loves us all equally and the same. And so the way that you look at yourself, you can think that you are inferior to somebody that preaches the word of God, teaches the word of God. But the truth of the matter is, the promises are yes and amen to you as well as them. It came for you and for me just exactly the same. So the promise that he walks in and she walks in is the promise that you can walk in, your children can walk in, and your generations can walk in. Inferiority is a giant. Sickness is a giant. The Bible didn't say sickness wouldn't come. He did say, though to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So that when it does come, we have a grace that God gives us to walk through. Listen, my wife's been sick a lot of our marriage. She's been going through a lot of things. And I don't say that to glorify the enemy. I do say that to say this, that everything that she has been to has been turned around for the glory of God the Father. And when somebody else has gone through it, she's been able to testify of the goodness of God in the land of the living, that the promises are still true, even though the migraines are real. The promises are still true, even though 
know you, you've been uh, in a surgery and they nicked an artery when they were in there and you had to go back in for a second one to get it repaired. The promise of God was still true. It is still yes and amen. And we can stand on the promise of God even in the middle of sickness. Somebody say, move on or we're never going to get there. What time do I get to? You said 12.45, 2 o'clock. Is that what you said? All right. I'm just joking. I got somewhere to be tonight too. Giants are employed by the devil. What's another one? Debt. Depression. Worry. Anxiety. Stress. Family problems are all giants that stand in the way of the promises. Why? Because they get you looking at all of those things and you can't see beyond them because they are so real in your face right now. Can I tell you the giants are real? The issues are real. But the promise did not back up because the giant showed up. The promise is still there. It's just waiting for you to walk by faith and not by sight. And quit looking at the thing that's in front of you. And look at the promise that's on the other side of the giant. Because greater is he that is on the inside of you than he that is in the world. Can I tell you the giant is in the world, but God is bigger. He's bigger on the inside, and he will take you to where it is that he has promised you. Listen, I don't care whatever name you put on your giant. Their mission is to keep you out of the blessing and to keep you from enjoying the blessing of God in your life. Listen, in life you're either going to have a giant or you're going to have grapes, but you can't have them both. Hear me this morning. That means either the giants are going to occupy your thoughts and they're going to capture your attention and they're going to have your focus and they're going to decide how you act. They're going to control the way you walk. They're going to control the way your faith operates. They're going to control your life. Either the giants are going to do it or the grapes will. And that's your decision this morning. Listen, if you're motiva- motivated and you're energized and you're driven by the grapes, uh, the giants aren't going to be any problem, Brother Bynum. The giants aren't going to be a, pro- a problem if you're looking for the grapes, amen. If you got the promise of the grape in mind, the giant is not going to be an issue. But if you're controlled and manipulated and dominated by the giants, uh, then you're never going to taste the grapes. When you're motivated and energized by a giant. Because when you have grapes in your eyes, you'll talk bigger. Brother Micah, when you've got grapes in your eyes, you'll walk bigger. Talk bigger. Speak bigger. You'll think bigger. You'll plan bigger. Come on, here's one for y'all. You'll worship bigger. I wonder what would happen in this church. If when worship started, you had grapes in your eyes. You didn't have to push the giants out the way. You didn't have giants as your focus. But when you walked in and the first strum of the guitar and the keys and the drums begin to go and the angelic worship of these singers was up here, I wonder if a church that was united with grapes in their eyes, what would happen when worship began to start? You would worship bigger than you worship right now. Come on, you'll make bold statements like Joshua and Caleb. 
you'll boldly declare if you've got grapes in your eyes that we are well able to take the land. We are well able to do what God said that we can do. Now I want you to know that when you become aggressive in your faith, when you step out with bold faith, when you have grapes in your eyes and not just the giants, when you become bold in your confession, you're going to attract attention. You're going to stir the enemy up. Can I just be real? You're going to stir some people up. You're going to stir some neighbors that are sitting right next to you up. I'm sorry, camera. I don't know where you go. I like to get to the back row sometimes because every once in a while, you got to come back to the back row. You got to let them know back here. This is where my helpers are at in the back row. Sometimes, can I just be honest? Sometimes the people with your own last name are going to be the biggest giants in your eyes. They're going to be the biggest obstacles to the faith that you have in God. They're going to say, don't you see what the doctor said? Don't you see what the world is going to? Don't you see that health care is going down the tube? Don't you see that there's not going to be Social Security when you get old? Don't you see? Come, come on now this morning. Come on, be real in the house of God. Don't you know there's going to be people with your own last name that are telling you, you got to be prepared for that. No, no, no. I've got grapes in my eyes this morning. I've got grapes in my eyes that declare the promises of God are yes and amen. They're for me. They're for you. And I stand upon that today. Listen, but there are people that all that they can see are giants and all they talk about are giants and all they can see is the bad economy, the dwindling social security, the health insurance problem, the high gas prices. All they can see is the negative and all that they can do and, and all that they have decided, they decided that it's not worth it because it's going to be too hard and they're going to fight you. They're going to criticize you. They're going to persecute you and they're going to do everything that they can to hinder you and keep you from moving forward and possessing the greater blessing that God has in store for you. Listen, the truth is, I might get kicked out after this, but it's all right. I got another assignment and a church waiting for me back home. I like evangelizing because you can blow in, blow up, and blow out and go home, and there's still a paycheck back there. And you've already given the offering, so you can't take it back. I'm just joking. I'm just, a, somebody I, I found earlier, where's my goofball that said they were just a goofball over here? Somebody. I was looking, yeah, there she put her finger right up here. She said, nope, that was me. Okay, I'm just a big goofball, all right? The truth is, this describes many people in our churches today. We have become captured by giants. And we are being held prisoner by a giant mentality. We, let's say it this way, we have become slaves in a giant prison. Listen, these are the ones who are going to resist you. They're going to resent you for trying to break out of that giant prison. They're going to criticize you and do everything that they can to discourage your faith. But like Joshua and Caleb this morning... 
You've got to be able to say to these people and those that are around you, I love you, but I don't agree with what you're saying. Amen. I love you, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life being fearful of these giants and living in the giant prison just to make you happy and to not stir you up. I believe somebody this morning is about to break out of a giant prison. I believe you're about to break out of what's something that has been holding you down. I believe somebody this morning is about to reach out for the grapes and begin to grab the grapes that God has declared or for you. Listen, once you taste the grapes, the giants won't matter to you anymore. Giants are just something that you've got to deal with in order to get to the grapes. Can I tell you, when you fill your eyes with the promises of God, the problems in your life become very small. (laughs) But many times the giants are so large that the promises of God become overshadowed by the giants that are standing in front of us. And I'm not here to declare that the giants aren't real this morning. I'm not here to declare your sickness isn't real this morning. I'm not here to say your anxiety, your fear, your depression isn't real this morning. But I am here to declare that they are giants. I'm not here to declare that your addiction isn't real this morning. I'm not here to declare that the thing you're facing isn't real this morning. I'm not here to declare that your marriage isn't a big giant right now and you can't see anything else because your family and your marriage is in turmoil and you don't know. I'm not here to declare that those things are not real this morning, but I am here to challenge you and declare that the grapes that God has promised to you, the promises of the land flowing with milk and honey are there as well. And all you've got to do is put those things out of the forefront and be with your eyes on the prize of the grapes and the giants will pass away because God's job is to take care of the giant. Your job is to walk in the provision of the glory and the blessing of God the Father. Your job is to walk in what God said you could have. Your job is not the giants. Some of y'all got the wrong theology. David didn't kill the giant. He said, I come in the name of the Most High God. And I begin to sling that thing. It wasn't his accuracy. It wasn't the stone. It wasn't the might that he threw it in. But it was the wind. It was the wind of the power of the Holy Spirit of God that grabbed that stone and began to move it and took that giant down. Your job is not the giant this morning. God's job is the giant. Your job is the faith in the God of the giant killer. Oh, I told you, you better watch it. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Listen, I believe that God is saying to somebody, you're about to break out of that giant prison. You've been held there way too long. You have been held there long enough, and you have been held there illegally. 
You're in a giant prison, but you're there illegally. But this morning, somebody is about to bust out. Somebody's about to get a grape. Somebody's about to put grapes back in their eyes. Somebody is about to see the grapes for the giants. And they're not going to worry about the giant this morning. This morning is the morning for possessing. God has given new vision to somebody this morning. You're not going to have eyes full of giants anymore. You're going to see the grapes. You're going to think grapes. You're going to walk grapes. You're going to talk grapes. And when you close your eyes at night, you're going to drink about the grapes because God has got a promise you're not going to see the problem anymore you're going to see the promises and the provision and the blessings of God give God a hand clap of praise in this place Jesus thank you oh I felt a special anointing when I did that listen there's a whole generation coming behind you that is depending upon you to show them how to deal with the giants and enjoy the grapes. Are you the youth pastor here? Children's leader, anything of that nature? You kind of do a little bit of every... I don't know if there's children. They're probably over there working with the children right now. God bless them. I pray a special anointing upon them. But there is a generation in that building over there. We got teams that do it all. There is a generation of kids in this building and over there that are depending on you to quit looking at the giants and to look for the grapes. They're looking for somebody to show them that it's possible to be a child of God in 2023 when the world is going to hell in a handbasket that God's provision and grace is still just as real now as it was 4,000 years ago. There's a generation that's looking to you. I'm here to ask you what heritage are you going to pass down to your children and your grandchildren this morning? Are you going to give them giants or are you going to give them grapes? There's some of y'all that need to kill some generational curses of some giants, some... Some drug addiction giant, some alcoholism giants, some fear giants, some anxiety giants, some depression giants, some sickness giants, fear of going forward. Listen, there's some things in our life that only you and I can do for our children that are coming up behind us. What will your confession be to your son, your grandkids? What will your confession be? Son daughter, grandchildren. We came to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I'm sorry, babies. There were giants there. And instead of daddy and mommy, grandma and grandpa, walking in the promises of God, we stayed on this side. And I'm sorry you're going to have to live with the things that are on this side and not in the blessing and the provision of God because Mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa, the giants were just too big and we were afraid to step into the promises. We were afraid to walk by faith and not by sight. We were afraid to deal with our issues. We were afraid to deal with our depression. We were afraid to deal with our addictions. We were afraid to deal with the generational curses that we We were afraid because we thought the cost was going to be too much. Or will it be, son... 
daughter, grandbaby. We came to this land flowing with milk and honey and the grapes were so big that it took two full-grown men to carry one cluster of the grapes out of the field between two men on a staff. And oh yeah, there were some giants there too, but they weren't no big deal because the giants were not our responsibility because God gave me a promise and he said, you can have the land. He didn't say, mm, somebody need to hear this. Notice what he said, Brother Bynum. He said, I'm going to give you the land. He did not say he was going to give you the giant. What he said, I'm going to give you. The promise is the land, the provision, the blessing. He didn't say, I'm going to give you the giant. Because why? The giant was not your responsibility. Your job is not to drive the giant. Your job is to put your head up and to see the grapes on the other side which represent the promises uh, to walk by faith and not by sight and though there may be some giants uh, in my peripheral or maybe they might be right in front of my face uh, uh, my job is to possess the thing uh, that God said that I could have and he didn't tell me the giants were my problem he said uh, the promise is the grapes uh, the promise is the pomegranate the promise is the land flowing with milk and honey you can have it but quit looking at the other things that are my responsibility I'll take care of the giant I'll take care of the thing that's standing in front of you I'll take care of the thing that's been standing in front of your promise and your provision just walk according to what I told you to walk by and live according to the way I told you to live watch and see what I will do listen to me this morning there's two kinds of people in the church I'm trying to wrap it up There are those that spend their lives measuring giants and talking about how tall and mean and how powerful those giants are. You know the people, the ones that are always talking about the problems. And, and don't point somebody out because we've all done it. Some of us are doing a little more now than we used to, but there's always talking about the problems. Then there are those who are weighing the grapes and the grapes outweigh the giants. Hmm. Now listen, I can't speak for you this morning, but as for me and my house... We're in the grape weighing business, amen. We're weighing the promises of God. And the promises of God are heavier and more powerful than any giant that I can face because my God is bigger this morning. Oh, I'm starting to feel something in this place this morning. I believe that there's going to be a giant stomping anointing in these altars here in the next few minutes that's going to break some things, that's going to change the course of some families, that's going to do some things. Things, uh, that you have been praying and asking God to do and God said it's time for your perspective to change it's time for you to stop start looking at the grapes and stop looking at the giants and the problem somebody this morning is getting ready to stomp on some of them giants that have been standing in front of you somebody's getting ready to stomp down some of the giants that have been lying to you stealing from you they've been manipulating you intimidating you but that was yesterday 
This is today. And today, the promises of God are new. His mercies are renewed. Every I feel a great grabbing anointing in this place this morning to somebody here. Uh, somebody come to the piano. Come on, you got down too soon. <laughs> to somebody here this morning, the giants have been lying to you and threatening you and stealing from you, but this morning, it's time for you to get the grapes. For somebody here this morning, I'm going to grab my joy back. For somebody here this morning, I'm grabbing my peace. I'm grabbing salvation for my prodigals. I'm grabbing salvation for my sons and my daughters, my mamas and my daddies. I'm grabbing a breakthrough in my finances. I'm grabbing a new and a fresh anointing. I'm grabbing my self-worth back. I'm grabbing forgiveness from my past because the old is passed away and the new has come. I'm grabbing Jesus and I'm giving up on the lies of the enemy. Can somebody stand with me this morning and declare I'm ready to grab the grapes today? Listen, grab for your ministry. Grab for the restoration of your family. Grab for salvation of your soul. Grab as many as you can and as many as you want. Listen, what a tragedy it is to let the giant stop you from eating the grapes. Listen to me. Hold on just one second. What a tragedy it is to let the giants keep you from eating the grapes and keeping you from the grapes. Listen, when they're growing on your own property. It's growing on your land. What are you talking about, Pastor? My Bible declares now that I'm joint heirs with Jesus. My Bible declares that I'm a son and I'm a daughter of the Most High God. My Bible declares this morning that the stuff that God has promised me is growing on my property. But there are giants in my land and they're trying to keep me. Listen, you are not a trespasser. The giants are the trespassers. You're not stealing the grapes. The grapes belong to you. Jesus. Jesus paid for them with his precious blood on Calvary's cross. And with every drop that flowed from that cross, from the crown of thorns on his head, all the way to the spikes on his feet, Jesus paid for the provision, the promise. It is done. It is finished. It is yours. You're not trespassing. It belongs to you. So why were the grapes so big? I believe God wanted to show somebody 
of his abundant nature. And can I tell you this morning, God is not selfish. God is not stingy this morning. God is not tight-fisted, but I serve a God who is excessive. I serve a God, Brother Bynum, who is extreme, who is extravagant with his generosity. And I believe this morning that there is a grape-grabbing, anointing, a giant-slaying anointing for somebody in this place today that would make up their mind, I'm going to look at the grapes and the giants are not my problem. God is going to fight for me. Bow your heads with me in this place, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name that is above every name. God, I don't know who you're speaking to today, but I know you sent me for somebody. They're facing, they're, everywhere they turn, there's giants. 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 They've been distracted. They've been intimidated. They've been fought everywhere they turn. This seems to be an obstacle. But I'm here to declare this morning that there's a giant slaying anointing in this place. That there's a grape grabbing anointing that's about to be loosed in this place. That somebody's about to receive what it is. Come on. You ain't got to wait for me to say come. Just come. They're already coming. If that's you this morning, I want you to step out by faith. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what your circumstance is. I don't know what the giant is that you're facing. But God said, I greater you his word declared that greater is he that is on the inside of you than he that is in the world and I've come to declare to you this morning that my God is bigger my God is stronger my God is higher than any other today and he's gonna do it if you just put the grapes in your eyes and let the giants be released to the power of God let God deal with the giant you say the promises of God are yes and amen I'm gonna walk by faith and not eh, by sight this morning.